You are listening to Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode two of Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Tonight's episode is entitled Spiritual Prep. Spiritual Prep. So we're gonna, it's going to be exciting tonight. Um, so tonight we're going to be calling a friend. Calling a friend and seeing... And he, wait, he doesn't even know whether we're calling him. First, let me say that. Secondly, we're going to be calling him and asking him two questions. The first question is going to be, are you prepared for a disaster? If he replies yes or no, the follow-up question will be why or why not. So stay tuned, and we're about to get him on the line. Um, peace, everyone. It's Michelle, and I am going to, right off the bat, try to make this phone call. I hope everyone is doing well in preparedness and otherwise. And I am going to call up. Uh, his name is um, Pete. He, he's um, actually a team member of mine. I hope y'all can hear that. Uh, for my other business. And I'm, I'm not, that was not a shameless plug. I'm not plugging <laughs> any other businesses. Message. <laughs> Although we do have a project coming out on iTunes. That's look for a face card, that's but that's the whole, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we are on Ready or Not. Um, do I have, oh, let me, technical difficulties. That's going to, let me do a call back. Hold on. I may have had him on the phone. And yeah, I really want to see. He actually fits. Hello? He actually, uh... He fits the age range. I don't know if y'all remember in our um, intro segment, we talked about the different age ranges on being prepared for disasters and if that is even a thought. So give us a second and we're going to give him a call. Hey, Mike. What's up? Hey, what it do? What it do? Not much. All right, you on live our podcast, ready or not? Say what's up to the world. What up, world? <laughs> All right. So my first question for you, Mike, is: Are you prepared for a natural disaster if it were to hit tonight or tomorrow? Or, or not just how Mike, and or not just a natural disaster. Are you prepared for any disaster? It could be man-made. It could be. Natural disasters, as Rashida stated. Um, what's can we ask your age? Like the world coming to end. Uh, like, we're not talking about like, like the world, not like not apocalyptic. Apocalyptic yet, but we. Uh, I mean, so like, you... think of Hurricane Katrina. Like, say if Hurricane Katrina came to us to our doorstep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that's happened to us. Yeah, uh, like being without power and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say, and I'm thirty. And I would say nah, because like you gotta have like a whole rack of canned foods, stuff to like prepare for like overtime. I'm, I'm thinking about like food, uh, you know, I'll be hungry. I'm trying to make <laughs> sure I got stuff like that prepared. Right, right. Like, so I wouldn't be prepared, but if I could get to a grocery store and get away with it. <laughs> right. Can Can we ask you a quick personal question? Could you tell us your age or at least your age range? Um, thirty. 30. 30. Okay, so in short, your answer to that question is you're not prepared. No, I'm not prepared. I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not prepared for that. And you gotta have a lot of survival skills stuff. So let let me ask you, uh, actually we said two questions, but it's gonna be three. Let, let me ask you, 
Let me ask you, you are aware that, or have you noticed that disasters are happening more frequently? Yes. Okay. I just was watching the news, seeing that. Okay. So with that understanding, can I now ask you the last question? Why aren't you prepared? Why am I not prepared? Like, mentally, I'm prepared, but resource-wise, I'm not prepared. Like, if I get enough canned stuff and all that, I would, but I'm not about to just go buy all like a canned foods and granola parts and stuff like that just to have on deck. Like, I don't know, it's just, I guess it's a selection of stuff, but if I, if I will focus in on my selection of things, I'd be prepared. So I guess, like, mentally I'm prepared, but right now, no, I'm not prepared. Okay. So if, if, if I'm answering the question of, like, if it was happening tomorrow, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> Got it. We love the honesty. We love the honesty. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. But thank you so much for um, answering those questions and make sure you continue to tune in with us. Did you know it? All right. Thank you, Mike. Peace. Right. Peace. <laughs> okay. So that was, that was a great call because it was a great example of that. You know, if you listen to our first episode, I did speak about that age range. No, I think that was the intro episode. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, the yeah, intro episode. Yeah, the we intro, talked about the age range. The age range. So he fits Even into, thinking about it exactly. or being aware about it. Exactly. And wanting to be prepared or not really thinking about it enough to be prepared. Exactly. And Mike made a... What kind of geared us into our topic today, he made a statement and said... I'm mentally ready, but I'm not materially, like, I'm not food-based, resource-ready, yeah. Yeah, so. So that brings us into our talk tonight is being spiritually ready. ready. So if you remember, for those of you who did tune in, and if not, just to kind of bring you up to speed, um, last, our last episode, I spoke of the types of preparedness or types of disaster preparedness. There Mm -hmm. are four types. I said five. There are four types that we actually want to kind of elaborate on. And we're going to start this podcast, episode two, on spiritual preparedness. Yep. And um, and I guess I want to start that by asking, you know, our listening audience, how do you actually, how do you react to disasters? Mm-hmm. And you can just take like a second to, to ponder that unless you want to answer that question. How do you react to disasters? How do you react? I mean, I really don't think that you can actually know how you're going to react to disasters. But it's about being prepared during that disaster. Ultimately. Yeah, because you don't know what you're going to do until it happens. Right. But what eases some of that mental, um, you know, mental breakdown is being prepared when it does happen. Exactly. Because I think um, a lot of times you do see when a disaster, when you hear reports and warnings, you just see people kind of at a mad rush to, yeah. as, as as Mike said, go to the grocery store, right. run into the grocery store, run into Home Depot, and, you know, and they do that each time there's an emergency. Right. Or because, each time there's a warning. Yeah, because we as, um, you know, society, we love our homes, we love our cars, our designer clothes, our electronics devices, all the things that bring us joy. We, we love those things, but it's the ultimate joy for me, and I believe the ultimate joy for all our listeners, is safety of yourself and loved ones and family. Okay, so you know we're live with this, and uh, 
my caller just called back um, because he wasn't there. I'm going to ask one more caller. So let's see what Pete has to say. Let's see what Pete has to say. Then your speaker sounds better than mine. <laughs> your speaker is better than mine. That's that new iPhone. <laughs> I have that old <laughs> iPhone. How did he just call me back and not answer? Okay, so keep going. We're going to keep going on. Uh, this is live, people. This is live. <laughs> Never know what to expect when it's live. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, like I was saying, our ultimate joy should be the safety of ourselves, our loved ones, and our family. Not saying that we won't be sad when those things, our materialistic loves, will be destroyed. But we have to stay on track on, um, you know, like mentally prepare yourself for your, the things that you love being destroyed and not losing focus or getting distracted on the, the task at hand. And that's being prepared and to be safe during those disasters. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, and, and that fits into the spiritual aspect as, as this. I'll say, um, you know, when I have, when we do the tabletops, and when I say tabletops, it means we go to various organizations and we just kind of set up our table with our gear and the food. Yeah, and giveaways, and things you can purchase. Exactly. Um, classes you can sign up for. Yeah, yeah. And we do that and we go around the community to do that so we could disseminate information on preparedness and just try to get people again into the mindset of preparedness and make it a part of the conversation. But when we're at these um, tabletops um, and I speak to people and I'm asking them because what I just did, what we just did for Mike, that's my first question, as I've already explained to everyone. And I asked, are you prepared? And that's what you'll see us doing on social media. That's our question. We keep raising this question, are you, are you prepared? And what I've discovered is, in our community especially, we have a very spiritual, we have a deep spiritual kind of like tie or belief. Um, and we... Oftentimes, when I ask that question, the response is, well, God got God us. God us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? God got us. And that's, I think, I describe that as a spiritual approach. But at the same time, um, you know, in Islam, there's a saying that we can't forget to tie a camel. And by that, it means, you know, you have to put things in place. Even in faith, you have to kind of follow through and put things in place. So that God can bless it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that goes for disaster preparedness as well. And when you talked about um, that, that brought to my attention uh, when, you know, in the Bible, Noah prepared for the flood. Correct. He did. He prepared. He prepared. Everybody else wasn't prepared. It's almost like. <laughs> and they came to him because like, he was ready. And that's, that's a very spiritual approach. And that happens every day. And it's happening now. Exactly. So you can sit here and cry out and cry out. And it's, and it's amazing because if we look and we, when you look at stats and what have you, disasters are happening more and more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might call it climate change. Yeah. Some people might call it, as Mike said, um, like some apocalyptic. Armageddon approach. I mean, we la- I mean, I'm laughing and I'm kind of making light of it, but it's very serious, mm-hmm. and that's another spiritual Global aspect warming. of it. Global warming, all of that, and and we see 
the the um, consequences of global warming or whatever your approach, your viewpoint of it, be it Armageddon approaching, um, biblical um, prophecy or what have you, when we look at it, it's happening more and more frequently. And if that is the case, what do we put in place to deal with that? And I, it's, it's like, with, like, she, like you said, Rashida, with Noah. It's mm-hmm. like we're crying it out, like even us doing yeah, this podcast because I think it's trying most to help you get prepared. Get this information. Yes, because when it comes, when it comes to your doorstep, we want people to be on a boat with us. Yeah. We don't want to be on a boat by ourselves. It's like it, as yeah, like a Noah reference, right? Yeah. You know, um, but I say this in terms of spiritual preparedness is to go ahead if whatever your your religion. Um, be you religious or non-religious, that you right now is the time to kind of get that connection strong and find out what helps you to be grounded. Correct, correct. Um, I think like if you're even if you're non-religious, if you you know chant, if you meditate, if you whatever you need to do to find your center, you you need to do that at this stage. Because I think that prepares you and helps you be grounded, as you said, for the next episode, if you would. For the next disaster. Yeah. Because um, the other thing is, in terms of spiritual preparedness, there, there are phases. So, like, you have your pre-disaster. Like, right now, when you're just kind of staying connected and staying, um, staying strong in faith, well, that will help you for when you're actually in the disaster. Right. You know? To stay focused, like I mentioned before, to keep focus on the task at hand. Because it's a lot of things that are going to be thrown at you throughout disasters, whether it be, like I said before, materialistic things being damaged, life being damaged, and things like that. But you have to be focused on the task, and the task is to be safe. The task is to make it out alive and to be prepared and help those that you love and that are relying on you to protect them. And that's what we're taught in um, CERT. Mm-hmm. What, what are we taught in CERT? The, the first rule of CERT is... Protecting yourself. Self-preservation. Like they say on the airplane, and it gets me all the time because you think, like, why? But if you sit and think, you know why. But you put your oxygen mask on first so that you can be able to assist your child in putting her oxygen mask on as well, and we don't have to just say just with children, but that aspect is definitely what we're talking about when it comes to being spiritually prepared for disasters. You have to mentally prepare yourself. So if the next person that you're traveling with or that you're trying to help may not be there yet, right? But you're able to help them get to that point where we can get over this disaster together, right? And as I um, was pondering this, like you know, we're in 2019. And we are constantly bombarded with all sorts of negative energy, negative images every day. We hear devastation on all four corners of the globe almost daily. So you have to have some sense of a higher power. And that relationship has to remain connected and it must be cultivated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, again, as I said, I can't necessarily speak to non-religious point of views. But again, I would suspect that it's best to keep yourself balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the key. I mean, and otherwise, can you imagine? You're seeing, we're seeing all of these 
um, occurrences. We've seen tsunamis and hurricanes, mm-hmm. droughts, famine, martial art, uh, martial, martial law. law. I said martial art. Mm-hmm. Martial law. If if seeing this without some level of spirituality, like couldn't you imagine you would just walk around in paranoia? Yes. Looking over your shoulder, mm-hmm. never knowing if you should come out of the house. Uh, what's that that white stuff they have? Um, the the people mail the people. Um, oh, it's like a anthrax? poison. Anthrax. Anthrax. You, you don't know if you want to open your mail or not. Yeah. Like you have to believe in something more than self. You have to believe in a higher power, and you have to stay connected. Right. That, that just to keep your sanity. Yeah, that takes me to um, my job, like being an EMT. We have to prepare. For visualizing the worst. We go and help people that are at their worst. Where they don't have anywhere else to turn. But they're praying that we can help them stay alive. So when we enter those situations. Yes, sometimes it's so shocking that we don't know what to do. But we do know what to do. Because we prepare for it for years, for months. That's why they always have trainings monthly. Drills. Drills, weekly seminars, and all of that to prepare you for that moment. Now, once you execute that um, situation to the best of your ability, then you have time to talk about what it is that you're feeling. What it is that's happening or happened. But you know that you did it the correct way because you prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that... That's that's brought me to that thought. Coming coming back to the uh, spiritual preparedness aspect as well. When I said through the phases, pre, and we talked a lot about pre spiritual pre 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 disaster preparedness. <laughs> and then and when you think of it, when you're actually going through the disaster, what do you draw on? So here you are in a disaster. And the wind is beating mm-hmm. 45 mile, mile per hour winds at your window. Mm-hmm. Or let's go to Katrina or let's go to, to uh, Houston when it's floods yeah. coming up. Yes, your base from your basement. Like, yeah. stuff on a proportion that you never imagined because you won't lend your mind to preparing for right. it. Like, you won't but lend your mind to But what drives you to it. say that I'm going to get out of this You have situation. to have a spiritual will to do so. Right. You have to. And um, and I think and lastly is post the after yeah the after recovery the aftermath of it after, after, after the aftermath of it. you like that, that? Ooh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah so the recovery yeah. portion like I said before like the recovery portion when becoming an EMT is talking to somebody about what it is that you just seen and re um restating everything that you went through step by step yeah so that you know so that you'll get over it. Because it may, you know, affect you in the long run. But when you speak about it and know that you did the best you can, it helps with recovering from it. Well, recovery, the the interesting part about spiritual preparedness during recovery um, is that that's when you see the most. Mm -hmm. That's when after everything is done in the disaster, Mm -hmm. that post Disaster that recovery aspect is when you see the loss. Yeah, all the homes that are gone. You see, yup, material all the lives loss. that may have been lost. You see death. Mm-hmm. You're grieving. Mm-hmm. You see people grieving. Mm-hmm. You pe- see people displaced. You see, oftentimes depending on the disaster, blood and like that's when you have to have something to really draw on, not only for yourself 
but to help those who are suffering in those situations who've lost their homes or, you know, if there's a fire and their, their, their goods, their worldly goods are gone and what have you. You need the spiritual ground. You need to be spiritually grounded enough. Okay. You need to be spiritually grounded enough to um, be able to kind of give them what they need in a spiritual capacity. I, I actually call that the overcome Okay, I like phase. that. Yeah, the overcome phase. The overcome phase, because like that. and that's something that we as a people, you know, we're kind of familiar with. Mm-hmm. Just trying to, when you go through trauma and you go through so much, that you have to still have the will to survive. Yeah, and you have to draw on something. And it again for us, it's always been that spiritual need. I mean, that higher power to just kind of overcome the obstacles and and the loss and you know, the pain, mm-hmm. if you would. Yeah. And so we, you have to be grounded spiritually in order to overcome for yourself and definitely to provide that kind of comfort for others, for others yeah. in that period. So with that, for others, we want to hear from you. We want you to comment on what, what, do you, what does it look like for yourself to be spiritually prepared? What is it that keeps you grounded? And what is it that helps you in those situations where you have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so comment below and let us know and let's talk about it. Thank you for that. And remember, you know, we, we really want you to consider being prepared. And let's go through this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and let us, we, we have so much information. Like, we have so much information Yeah. to give. And then next week, we want to speak about uh, the, mental the mental preparedness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, next episode, we'll speak about mental preparedness. All right, now we're getting into the Are You Ready? Current Events and Technology portion of tonight's episode. So, Michelle, take us away with our current event for tonight. So, this is a current event. Um, If you hear, you may have been hearing about President Trump speaking of 5G and 6G technology and it's become like a global debate in terms of who has the best advancement between China and um, the United States and President Trump is like really trying to get into the 6G and making sure that America has that type of advancement Um, and I said that to say when last on our last episode, I spoke about uh, Rashida. I was telling you about one the the situation that's happening the military in L.A. In, yeah, the military. Uh, they're pre- they're um preparing. No, they're actually drills. drills. They're yeah, doing the drills. Military drills in L.A. And also, I mentioned in New York that there was this kind of like blue light ball of fire. <laughs> what is that? It was a blue light. It was like a blue light. Yeah. And so when I, you know, when someone heard that episode, they were talking to me about it. And that brings us to this, to this segment. In this segment, we're talking, you will hear more and more, um, you will start hearing the term EMP. Um, EMP stands for electromagnetic pulse. It's a familiar term in disaster preparedness. And that and what it is, EMP is an electro pulse 
that can come from like either solar flares or man-made technological devices like nuclear weapons and what have you. And what it does is it creates a short burst of electromagnetic energy that can disrupt or destroy your electronic devices and systems and like especially like your cell phone, your ATM, you won't have the ability to use, you know, the bank or your ATM machines or uh, it can actually disrupt the power grid. And so I wanted to get everybody familiar with that term. I think you'll be hearing it more and more. Um, many feel with all of this technological war that's going on, you know, how Russia was on the internet. Uh, we all, all know about Mueller and the report for Trump, etc., and Russia interfering in the elections and what have you. So this is that high technological kind of warfare that's going on. But at the way that it's being engaged, I think a lot of people feel that the effect of it at some point can lead to this electromagnetic um, pulse. I mean, a lot of people uh, hear about Kim Jong-un in North Korea and he doing the nuclear testing and you know I know he and Trump are shaking hands right now but all of that is just kind of revolved around this whole discussion of EMP this electromagnetic pulse and the the result of it being that if it happens if these short bursts happens then it will interfere with the power the power grid and if it interfere interferes with the power grid we're looking at a national blackout. Blackout. You know? And so we just want to kind of get you familiar with that. And uh, just to kind of, at some point, I think our next episode, we'll start talking about some of the non-electronic, or I'm sorry, non-electric devices. That can be used during disasters when all of the electricity and stuff will be, will, won't be able to be used. Correct. All right, so we're into our question for tonight. So our question tonight, how often should I test my disaster plan? Hmm. So the general rule of thumb in disaster preparedness mm -hmm. with preppers and survivalists, etc., is usually a year. And I know I told you that and you felt like what? I felt like that more so leaned towards rotating of, you know, like food or uh, medical supplies, but then I think of disaster planning. I'm like, is the call? Does the caller mean a drill? Like, how often should he test? He or she test their disaster plan drill. So the question is all comprehensive, I think, and I guess we can just kind of say it in phases. Oh well, in in sections, if you would, because as you stated, if it's ro food rotation, which is when you're sheltering in mm -hmm. and you have canned, canned foods, foods and you know, the, the uh, what else did you have for sheltering in? Water. The water, water. et cetera. Those things expire. And All non-perishable. Correct. Yeah. They expire within about a year. Yes. Um, even with canning, it's usually probably about canning a year or a two. A year or two for yeah. life shelf. Yes. I mean, I think most people will tell you a year. Yeah. And you have it's, to, in this year, you rotate it correct. so that you eat the fresh the Correct. freshest of things each time. Which is so. why we um, offer survival food that you don't necessarily have to rotate. worry about. Yeah. yeah. Because 
actually sheltering in in that whole rotation, that's a whole nother class of training. Like yeah. that's a training class. And of course, we'll do uh, we'll do a whole episode of that, so you don't have to worry. Yeah, <laughs> and we and we will offer that at aftermath as well in yeah. terms of training. So it's about a year for that. But like, how often should you do your disaster plan drill? So now, when you have a drill, the key to drill is repetition. Mm-hmm. Because the more you drill, the more it becomes like second uh, nature. Second nature, and you're able to do it, and you're kind of perfecting it, mm-hmm. and what have you. So, oftentimes you're told to drill about every six months. I know in office buildings and office settings, um, I think they are required to do it at least every six. Every months. six months. Yeah, because so, usually they do it with the um, seasonal change. And I don't know if it's even seasonal because mm-hmm. um, I won't get my office in trouble because we didn't do it in the winter. We didn't do it in the winter. So I don't know if it's, it's seasonal, but um, I think, oh, not OPM. I forgot who, um, I forgot the name of it. Uh, occupational. OSHA? OSHA, thank you. OSHA requires that, you know, most businesses do do it um, intermediately. And I think it's, probably every six months and I might check that for accuracy but at least every six months yep so to answer your question how often should Uh, I text uh, uh, and I got another (laughs) another aspect of that just just another um outside of the drill Uh disaster because you raised this when you say what is your disaster plan for your family, family how often should you do that now I think that might be customized and that depends on situations because, yeah. like, in my situation... I think it depends on the age group, too, of your household. That, too, I was going to say, you know, in my situation, my daughter's getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. And so, my whole... The makeup of my household is going to change. You know, right. my son is... He has his family, right. etc. I'm... And, and this is another thing we'll get into. And as a, as, as a single person or head of my household... My whole emergency disaster plan is totally different, different now. Yeah, because mine, for example, I have um, under two year old. Exactly. So each each time she gets older, our plan is going to have to change. Exactly. Because she's going to need different things, and we're going to have to be plan for different things. Differently, exactly. Yeah. So like, right now, it's more so I am, you know, preparing for her until she gets to an age where she can. Right, her own gold bag. But as of right now, her well, things are in my gold bag. Well, for the beginner, <laughs> and it's, as it should be. Right. But for the beginner, um, preppers, if you would, those who are just kind of uh, new to the language and everything that we're speaking about in disaster preparedness, there is a disaster preparedness plan. There are things involved in that, and we'll probably speak about that on um, future episodes. But... There are things involved in that, like communication and mm-hmm. an actual plan for your household, etc. And that's what we're kind of speaking on. Yeah. And I'm just saying that kind of evolves over time with your household and, and what's going on in the household. Yeah. And so, where you live plays a huge part because, like, for those people that may live in a single family home, the... The plan is different for a person that may live in an apartment. Absolutely. As like myself. So our plan is more strategic because we have a multitude of people that are also going to be trying to get to safety as long, you know, while we are as well. But if you're in a single family home, you kind of have the upper hand on what you're going to do. So we will have to do an episode on multi-dwelling versus 
not even verses and sing and sing a family disaster mm-hmm. plans absolutely yeah so there you have it. I think yeah. it's um, a year for your food, food rotation, about six months and about six months, for, and about six your months for your drills, and for your actual disaster plan. I mean, I think it's customized, customized. as needed, mm-hmm. pretty much as needed. Okay, thank you, and um, can't believe we're already done again. Yes, yes, yes. More information always a good thing. So you remember, we're not here to scare you. We're here to prepare you. Peace. Have a good night.